stuck in my ways. I'm stuck in the house for most of the day. I'm chasing my dreams and running away. But I got a chance, I'm running my play. I want that none of y'all take it away. I'll never change, I'm stuck in my ways. All right, what is going on today? So, welcome to the 10th episode of Hey Mark, where I, Mark, like to have authentic and open conversations about things like, you know, mental health, pushing past adversities and struggles, whether that be in your mental health, your physical health, your personal life, your work life, or maybe just some entrepreneurship stuff that you're trying to follow right now. But at the end of the day, all I want to do is push good vibes and just speak about overcoming struggles and just getting to that pursuit of happiness. Now, if you're brand new to this content, I do ask, please refer this kind of stuff to a friend if they are going through a struggle, if they've been through a struggle, or maybe if they just want to push their life in a better direction. All you're going to be hearing on this kind of content is basically just me chat with different people to hear different perspectives because of different struggles that they've gone through and how they push past them and what they've learned and what you can learn from their mistakes and failures as well. And if you have heard this kind of stuff before, then thank you so much for joining this journey and supporting the notion that we are not alone and just kind of pushing positive vibes into the universe. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. It's number 10. And I got the privilege of speaking with the Cody Lachlan. And this guy runs K1 Fitness. You can find him on Instagram at Cody with I-E dot Lachlan or at Team K1 Fitness. And what you're going to see there is basically him talking about his story in fitness and just kind of motivating you with the progress that he's made. But today we got to talk a lot about some life altering events that have happened in his life and how they help shape them. So I'll stop talking right about now. We'll jump into this conversation. And I hope you guys enjoy it just as much as I did. Bang! We are here with Cody Lachlan. He is jumping on here to kind of tell us about himself, his story, his struggles, and what he does on a day-to-day basis. Give yourself a little intro. Tell people where they can find you on social media and tell us what you're about, man. So my Instagram is, uh, well, I have two accounts. My personal is Cody.Lachlan. Um, and then obviously my business account is uh, K1 Fitness. So at Team K1 Fitness, if you guys want to follow, see more personal training and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I've been a trainer now for about 10 years. I uh, used to work at Nash, just like Mark here. And um, now I went and did my own thing. I've had my own business for about six years now. And it's been awesome. Honestly, really cool. A lot of struggles. A lot of ups, a lot of downs, um, but overall, it's been such a cool experience and a lot of personal growth has come from that, of course. Um, but during COVID, it's been tough. It's been very tough. You know, a lot of people don't have that extra income and money floating around. So, um, yeah, it's been kind of tough, but luckily I can switch a little bit to online. So online clients. Um, but yeah, you know, that's uh, basically it. I've been working out for since I was probably 12 years old, I just remember being in my uh, parents' basement, like a 12-year-old kid, and I used to put on like motivational videos, like Dragon Ball Z videos and like Arnold, and I was just so mesmerized by that, and I just knew like at the youngest age, I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do, you know? So, was, um, was it kind of like just the aesthetic look? Because I know you do a lot of competing, like men's physique, bodybuilding kind of stuff. Was it was it mainly like a like an aesthetic thing? Uh, no, well, I mean. 
at first it was just to get girls, right? Like every other guy, basically you work out in the beginning, you're like, okay, girls like muscles. So let's start working out, get some big arms. And then of course you're training arms and chest, like every single day, never, uh, never looking at the legs, never looking at anything else. It's like, okay, what, what are girls going to look at the most? And then obviously from there, it kind of develops into like an addiction. And then you kind of go more into the whole like uh, mental aspect of training and why you're doing it. And you dig a little bit deeper uh, through each year for sure. But yeah, at first it was superficial, just like, okay, I want to get girls or get attention and things like that. So I remember just being a young kid, just working out and all my other friends were outside, like playing ball or like kicking the ball around or doing something like that. And I'm just like inside watching motivational videos, like, okay, I can't wait to work out. And I just like go to my parents' room and grab their dumbbells, like their 30 pound dumbbells. And I just sit there and bust them out for like half an hour. That's sick, so. dude. Um, so when you say like, uh, you're talking about, you know, it started off like as kind of like a, you said superficial, but I just say like an aesthetic thing. Cause sometimes like it wouldn't really, I don't know, maybe some, like I struggled a lot with body image for a long time. Right. So it was yeah, something yeah. That, that I wanted to work on, but what were some of like the mental benefits that you got out of it? Uh, mental benefits. Well, again, that didn't really hit me until I was a little bit older and a little bit more mature to realize why I was doing it. Um, but it kind of stemmed from when I was like, um, how old was I? I think I was about 15, 14. Yeah, no, maybe it was like actually just after maybe 13, 14. I kind of forget exactly. It was a traumatic experience, so I kind of put it off. Um, but I'm pretty sure I was 13. And uh, I remember I was at the gym, just like going to this. That's what you do on a Friday night, right? You go to the gym, like a recreation center. It's like, what else are you going to do? So you play basketball, do a little bit of arms or something like that. And I remember just... Uh, being there with my brother and my cousins and uh, we were like, okay, let's go, let's go walk down to McDonald's and get something to eat. You know, it's a Friday night. Let's go get some food. So yeah. anyways, we're walking down, we finished our workout, mostly just playing basketball, to be honest, and goofing around. And then we go walking across the street and I remember just all of a sudden some kids like, Hey, and I'm like, what? And I turn around and I just get like socked, like hit so hard in the face that I like wow. fall down and then I'm like kind of clued in. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And I look around, there's like 10 guys swarming me. So there's like 10 guys, probably, I would say they're like in their 20s at least. Um, and then they're just like basically jumping me. And I'm like, what the hell? My brother and my cousins are all running away because they're like freaked out. Like what just happened? And I remember I just got, got up on my feet really quickly. I'm like, okay, what's going on? Like, what is it? What? what? I was just trying to clue in. And um, he's just like, oh, what the, the fuck did you say to me, bro? I'm like, what do you mean? What did I say to you? And, uh, yeah, just, you know, I like bringing that up because that was probably one of the most, um, beneficial moments in my life for sure. Because after that, I was like, okay, that, fe that feeling of being weak and not being able to like defend my brother and my cousins and seeing how scared they were, it really grew me as a person. And that's when I kind of started developing more of that mental aspect of like, okay, I'm training because I want to be strong. I want to be mentally strong. I want to be physically strong. I want to be able to protect the people I love. So yeah, I just never wanted to feel weak again. You know, that feeling of being defenseless and having no hope and, you know, it's, it was scary. So especially being a young kid. So I think that's when it kind of clued into me. It's like, okay, I'm not training just for girls anymore. I'm training for my own protection, but also just to grow as a person in a, in a sense, you know? Mm -hmm. So percent, man. And that's kind of like what I've always kind of found was probably like the biggest benefit from working out is just kind of growing like mentally strong when you have that thought like maybe i should stop now maybe i should quit 
and being able to kind of just like push past that. Like that's kind of the biggest benefit I've found at least, especially oh, yeah. with weight training, doing anything. For personal development, like man, if you can go into a workout and almost put yourself, uh, like make yourself a bitch almost. Like, you know, you should leave every workout session feeling like a loser where like you're so broken down, beaten up that it's like, okay, everything else in your day almost seems easier, right? Because of that, because you can break yourself down physically. Anything mentally is just almost like a cakewalk at that point, you know? That's uh, that's literally what I tell people when uh, when they ask me why I wake up in the morning and go for a bike ride first thing. Because yeah. like if you can get out of bed in the time where you're like, man, I really want to stay in bed right now. Everything yeah. else is a breeze throughout the yeah. day. Like every other mental battle, you're like, eh, I already did this. In the, like first thing in the morning. So your brain's just like so used to just like, oh, I want to do this, but I'm going to do this anyways because I think it'll be beneficial for me. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard of the five-second rule? The five-second rule? So it's like the five-second rule when you first wake up. It's like if you don't get up and get moving in that first five seconds, you have like a 90% chance you're not actually going to get up. So you have a five-second window where you, you bring whatever emotion you need to up front, whether it's like, you know, just your why, essentially. What, what is your why? Why are you getting up? And if you can think about that in the first five seconds, you have like a 90% chance you'll actually get up and go forward with what you're doing. But they say it's that, that, that second where you're sitting there. It's like, okay, do I really want to get up? How comfy is this bed? Do I really want to do this bike ride right now? Most of the time, you're not going to do it, right? If you sit there and think about it. It's just more of like an automatic reaction where you just get up and you're like, let's go. Yeah, 100%. I always, you know what? It sounds really ridiculous, but my rule is like I wake up and like washroom is kind of non-negotiable when I wake up, man. Like I kind of just have to go. Yeah. So I always tell myself, if I go to the washroom and then I wash my hands and splash my face, like, you know, there's no chance I'm going to be tired anymore. There's no chance. Like, I'm just going to be awake. Do you like, ever do, um, get do, you ever do cold showers or cold plunges? I've seen you do that, man. And I used to work with a guy that would go and do it as well at the beach, like, year round. Yeah. I have done cold showers, but I've heard it's absolutely nothing compared to cold plunges. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm no expert, to be honest. Like, I'm... I do maybe a minute at most, but, um, long, man. yeah, a minute when you're submerged and you kind of feel like you're about to die is it's, it's a long minute for sure. It feels like it feels more like half an hour, but, um, I've seen even people that go up to like five minutes, 10 minutes, um, something like that. And like sub zero water and it's, it's, it's cold, man. It's really cold, but it wakes you up. And again, it's that whole thing of, um, if you can do this, everything else in your day seems easier, right? So sometimes I'll just wake up and I'll just go. I'll drive all the way downtown, go jump in Rec Beach. And Rec Beach, it's just now starting to get warm. But like back when I was going in March, uh, it was so cold, man. Like seriously, like as soon as it touches your legs, it feels like you're being stabbed by like a million needles. Like your leg goes numb within a second. <laughs> That's insane, man. Yeah. Insane. I thought you were talking when you're like at the beach, it's cold. I thought you were talking about just like the weather. And then I'm like, Oh, he's talking about the freezing water. Yeah. The freezing water, like <laughs> the cold plunge, like actually going in deep and, and just feeling yourself and diving in and just being in that moment, you know, and like feeling everything, like your whole, um, your adrenaline kicks in, like every sort of hormones kicking in that can save your life. It's like telling you not to do this, right? Like get out of the water, get out of the water. And it's like your mental, strength tells you okay like can i handle this either you go out or you stay in so it's not even like you get out after and you're like oh at least i'm warm now 
it's you stay cold no you stay cold yeah stay unless cold. unless it's a nice summer day but most of the time i go it's not a nice summer day it's I try vancouver man <laughs> rainy vancouver i pick the rainy cold days crazy dude because yeah. that's like when i'm when i'm doing my ride in the morning and it's like raining or it was snowing and i was still doing it at one point the thing wow. i tell oh, myself I've never seen that actually yeah yeah, I, dude. I even fell a couple of times. It sucked, man. But um, I like the whole time I'm just telling myself, it's like, dude, the second this is over, you can just jump in a warm shower and jump into warm clothes. Like, it's like, just like, keep going, man. Like, yeah. don't think about like what you're doing right now. Think about the reward after. Like, that's what I always tell myself. That's cool, man. I like that a lot. Yeah, man. So have you, have you been, you've been running your own business now? You said six years? Yeah, it's been about six years now that I've been doing my own thing. And that was, uh, I mean, that all started kind of after, well, I mean, let me think here. So, yeah, that was uh, maybe five, actually, sorry, my, my sense of time is so messed up sometimes. Sometimes I'll say something and then my friend's like, dude, that was like six months ago. I'm like, I thought that was like three years ago. He's like, no, no, that was like six months ago. But yeah, anyway. I don't remember uh, anything, so you're better off than I am. Yeah, it was actually, it was about five years ago. So five years ago, now that I think about it, it kind of all stemmed from uh, when I had, I don't know if you've heard about this, but when I had, uh, basically I had heart failure. This was like when I was 20, 24. Yeah, I think I've seen you speak about it before. Yeah, so that kind of stemmed the whole start my own business and like get a new chance at life. Um, actually, it's a really crazy story if you want to hear it. Um, Absolutely. So here we go. <laughs> Might as well go into that. Yeah, absolutely. That, that leads into like how I started my business and stuff like that. So uh, I think it's really important, especially for my development as a person. Um, so anyways, I was preparing for a competition. That's when I was doing my men's physique competitions. And like, just that's all I cared about was the gym and like looking good and, and competing and doing well. And uh, I just remember one night I was laying there. And all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, it feels kind of weird. My chest feels a little weird. And I remember feeling like my heart, it would like beat like one, two, three, and then it would stop for like five seconds. And then it would be like one, two, three, four, five, and then stop for like 10 seconds. So I was like, okay, that's, something's not right here. Something's definitely a little bit off. But I'm like, you know, typical guy, we're just like, oh, whatever, I'll wake up in the morning, I'll deal with it tomorrow. Or like, we put things off, right? <laughs> yep. So, um, Anyways, I woke up the next morning, obviously was still doing that. So I'm like, okay, probably wasn't just having too much pre-workout or something like that. Um, might be something more serious, but I was like, okay, I was working at Nash at that point. And uh, I think I had like nine clients that day or something like that. So it was super long days. So I'm like, okay, I can't individually sit there and call nine people and be like, hey guys, you know, I'm having a little bit of heart palpitations or something and I don't want to come into work. Like what kind of excuse is that, you know, and making nine calls. I was like, whatever, I'm just going to deal with it. So I go in, work my whatever, nine clients. And then it's nighttime. I'm like, okay, if it's still bad at nighttime, I'm going to go to the hospital just to get checked up. So anyways, I check again. They couldn't get a pulse because it was just so erratic, like on and off. It would stop and then go like four times really quick and then stop again. So I was like, okay. And then as soon as I go to the hospital, I'm so chill about it. I'm just like, oh, hey, like, you know, I thought I'd get checked up. You know, I probably should get checked up. Uh, but anyways, I think it's nothing. And then all of a sudden, they, they put the ECG on me. So uh, echocardiogram. And 
like literally within five seconds, the nurse, gra nurse grabs me and like pulls me into a room. And I was like, whoa. And she's like getting me dressed up in my, uh, my robe. And she's like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna lay you down and get comfy. So I'm like, okay, what's going on? And they lay me down and they put me in the emergency room. So I'm like, holy shit, what's, what's happening? And they're like, well, your heart's in atrial fibrillation. So there's your atrium and your ventricles, right? Mm -hmm. So your atrium pumps blood out of the heart, oxygenated blood out of the heart, and your ventricles pump blood into the heart, if that's correct. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, so anyways, yeah, they're like, okay, so what's happening is your ventricles pumping blood into your heart, but your atrium's not pumping blood out. So what happens when blood's sitting inside of your heart for a long period of time? It starts to pool and it starts to clot, oh, right? Yeah, you get blood clots. So the first thing she told me is like, okay, since you waited so long, it's been over 24 hours now, so you're kind of at risk for having a stroke. So I was like, okay, that's a little bit intense as I'm coming here just to get checked up on my heart rate. And they throw me in the emergency room and saying like, you're, there's a high chance you could have a stroke any minute. So it was like at that point, I'm like, okay, I should probably give my mom a call. So then I call my mom and I like tell her, I'm like, hey, I'm at the hospital. Don't freak out. But um, there's a high chance I could have a stroke any minute. I don't know what we're going to do, what's going to happen next. And before I even hang up the phone, she's already like basically there. And she's freaking out, thinking worst thing. And I'm just like so relaxed about it. I'm like, it's all good. Like, we'll get it figured out. Um, and then, so basically I was there for like two days. Um, and my heart rate was, when I was sleeping, my heart rate was like 185, like 185 to almost 200, which is like full sprint if you know anything about heart rate. Yeah, that's insane, man. And that was my sleeping state. So it was like 185 when I was sleeping. So they were like, we got to try everything we can to get his heart rate down. Um, blood thinners, everything. So they're super, like putting every sort of drug they could in my IV, um, giving me pills all day long for like two days straight. And uh, sorry, I, I left a part out. In the beginning, obviously, they tried to defibrillate me. So they put me under and they defibrillated me uh, three times in six hours. But they said, we can't do it more than three times because each time we defibrillate you, it's the same pain equivalence as giving birth. So they're like, you just gave birth three times in six hours. So if we do it again, your body's just going to shut down. That's insane, man. So, yeah, because me, for me, it just felt like, like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to close your eyes, and then you'll wake up in a second, and I just close my eyes and wake up, and I'm like, what happened? They're like, oh, we just defibrillated you three times in six hours. Every two hours we tried, and nothing worked. So then, of course, I lead into the drugs, the IVs for the next two days. And um, basically it gets to the point where it's like, okay, we don't know what to do. We've tried everything. We've tried everything possible. We don't know what to do. And my mom was like, what are you talking about? You don't know what to do. So they're like, we're going to send you home. We're going to get you on blood thinners. And we're going to report back tomorrow kind of thing when we have a little bit more information. So I was like, okay, they're kind of sending me home to say my goodbyes in a sense. Because like, they don't know what's wrong with me. And I'm still at that kind of danger zone of having a stroke. And my heart's just, again, like 185 at resting. So... Um, anyways, like, oh, we're going to give you one last drug here and then we're going to send you off and then we'll call you again tomorrow. So I'm like, okay. And they put, I don't know what it was in my IV. And, uh, then I kind of put my clothes on to take all the needles out and I'm putting my clothes on, we're leaving. And all of a sudden I just remember I was like looking at my mom and like, something's not right. She's like, what do you mean? And like, something's not right. And she's like, she said, literally you dropped dead on the floor. Like I was gray, like a full, full on concrete cold dead body like drop dead on the spot and um yeah it was pretty pretty scary so they like obviously threw me on the bed and um 
started doing, I don't know what they were doing, but anyways, I found out after that I was actually dead for like 32 seconds or something like that, like clinically dead. Um, oh, and I think nice. they jumped me with adrenaline. They did CPR. Um, but anyways, like when I looked, when I woke up, I remember waking up and, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about like what I experienced because everybody usually wants to know what I experienced. What was it like going to the other side in a sense? Um, but yeah, I woke up and there was like 10 doctors around my table, 10 nurses, and they're all just like wide eyes. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe how is he alive right now? Cause like you just, you were dead. And the chances of you coming back was like super, super, super slim, especially after that long. Right. I don't know the window when you get like brain injury within like, uh, like sorry, lack of oxygen. I don't know if you know anything about that, but I think it's a couple minutes. I think you could Is be a couple minutes? I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm, I'm not that educated on it, man, but I, I think it's like a minute or two. Okay. So it's, yeah, I, I guess I wasn't even close to that window, but well, um, dude, that's like half of the window, man. Yeah. Half the window. And so. like, yeah, I saw a huge like margin, dude, 30 seconds, 30 yeah, that's more a time, seconds, right? you know, that's it, it is a long time. Um, so anyways, yeah, the, I just dropped dead. And then, um, I remember when it was like, when I was looking at my mom and I was like, okay, something's not right. It was almost like being, it was so cliche, like being pulled away from a TV screen. Have you ever seen the movie get out? I don't think I have. I'm bad with oh. movie names though. It's, uh, it's like this movie where this, uh, this guy gets hypnotized and it's like, he's being pulled away from a TV screen. So like you can see you, what you're, what you would normally experience, but it's like, you can't help it. You can't, you're calling, you're yelling, and you're being pulled away from a TV screen. Um, so, but I just remember it being so peaceful. It was like only being pulled into darkness, but it was so peace, like the most peaceful thing I've ever experienced. Like all your stress, like it's uh, your whole weight, like there's no weight to you, right? You're weightless. And I just remember being so at peace. And that's the only feeling I felt was just being so rested and so pe like so peaceful. And that's all I really ex explain it with. But when I came back, and I'm actually not Christian at all. This is kind of weird. When I came back, it was like I was being splashed with water. So I just remember like being pulled into this black screen. And then all of a sudden, it was like I was splashed with water and I was awake. And there was like 10 people around my bed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like Christians being baptized and stuff like that. So I'm still kind of wrapping my head around that. And I still, to this day, haven't fully understood what, what happened. You know, like it's, it's, a, it's a weird weird thing and again the doctors were like oh it could have been they gave me a list of 30 things so they're like it could have been due to stress it could have happened because of fear like and i was like i wasn't drinking beer like you know it's a weekday i'm like so basically you're telling me they're like you need to avoid sex you need to avoid the gym you need to change career paths um definitely don't do this competition and um so basically they gave me a list of like 30 things anything that has to do with raising heart rate, like avoid stress, avoid lack of sleep. I'm like, how am I going to do all that? You know, like <laughs> where am no I going to look? Coffee. No coffee, yeah, no, no coffee, no caffeine. Like they just said anything that's good in life, avoid it. So I'm like, okay. Insane, man. It was, I was like, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, was like, uh, was like, uh, going out and then waking back up. Was that anything like, have you ever been like knocked unconscious, like a big blow to the head? Is there anything uh, like that? Yeah, I've, I'm trying I've, to picture I've what that's before. like, man. It's similar to like, I guess, fainting in a way, but but it was weird. I was more conscious, you know. Mm -hmm. It was uh, fainting. It's like almost like all of a sudden the light switches out. It's you know? confusing. It's confusing. Yeah, 
but with this, I was more conscious. I was like almost aware of what was happening. So it's, I guess that's why people say that thing where, you know, it's like they're being, uh, they're hovering above, above their body, like near death experiences. They can see themselves, you know, and that's almost how I felt. It was like, I could see myself and feel myself and I had feeling, but it was just utter peace and darkness. But then, yeah, being splashed with water. So it was really a weird experience. And again, like I'm still trying to understand it, but that's the point where I was like, okay, like one, uh, I'm not going to listen to these doctors this is of course, because I'm like, you guys gave me a list of 30 things. You're not going to tell me like one or two things that I probably, that could have caused this. You're going to give me a list of 30 things to avoid, which is everything I do in everyday life. Like I work out, I, this is what I do. This is what I, I train people. I, um, I'm sexually active. I, I enjoy beer on the weekends, you know, like things like that. So for me, it was like, all right, do I want to live under a rock or do I want to just live my life? Because clearly the doctors don't know. Like they had no idea what they couldn't explain it. They're like, you seem healthy, you seem young, but this happened and it could happen again. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to live my life smart, of course. But if I have a beer once on a weekend and it kills me, then so be it kind of thing. You know, I'm like, come on. So anyways, uh, at that moment, I was like three weeks out from my competition. So I was obviously preparing for a competition. So I think that was the majority of what caused it because I was working out like two hours a day, barely eating food, like barely sleeping. You know, it's like, it's like, it's pretty, pretty tough on the body. Right. hundred percent. It was just a combination of everything. And then it just kind of kicked my heart into that atrial fibrillation. But me being the person I am, I was like, okay, no, I'm like three weeks away. I've been pre preparing for this for so long. So I was like, I'm still going to do the show. So I was like sneaking to the gym behind my parents' back and going, working out. And like, obviously I took a little bit of time off. Like it was like four days, but I'm like, come on. I'm like 20 days away from this competition. I want to do well. So anyways, I was sneaking to the gym and like, people were like, okay, should you be at the gym? And I was like, yeah, I'm taking it easy. But I was like pushing myself to the extreme every single workout. And, um, I just remember calling my mom after I got off stage. I'm like, mom, don't hate me, but I just did the show. And she's like, what are you kidding me? And I was like, uh, no, I just competed. I'm like, but the good news is I won first. And she's like, oh my God. She was like so happy, but so mad at the same time, you know? She's like, I can't believe you. But um, yeah, I just remember it was one of the most triumphant moments of my life for sure. Because I hear all these guys backstage, oh man, you know, this sucks. I cut carbs three weeks ago or like, all my cardio was increased to an hour after uh, these last three weeks. I'm like, man, three weeks ago, I was dead. <laughs> like, yeah, I died like, during I, my prep. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you me. know, but did you die? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was super cool. And then just, you know, having that moment where I won first in my class and then first overall, it was just such a cool experience. And I'll definitely hold that with me till the grave. So that's um, insane, man. But yeah, that was definitely one of the moments there. I was like, okay. So after that happened, I was like, I need to change. I need to do my own thing. Like I left Nash. I was like, that's it. I'm done with Nash. I need to start my own business. I, uh, I changed my life in like almost every single way. Like my eating habits. I was smart. I was, I left a, a relationship, a, a very long-term relationship of mine. Um, Cause I was just like, I wanted a whole refresh on life. And that's kind of why I got obviously my tattoo. If you've seen it is a, it's a Phoenix. And like, I hear a lot of people like, oh, I got a Phoenix tattoo. I'm like, yeah, but mine actually means like, you know, rebirth. I actually took that and uh, actually changed my whole life. And I was like, okay, you know what? That was me burning to the ashes. And this is my second chance at life. And if I, you know, the universe was trying to wake me up for some reason. So 
that's when I started my own business and started doing, um, yeah, everything on my own kind of thing. And just, it propelled me in the right direction. Cause I, I feel at that point I was just not living up to who I was and I was sad, right? You know, some people live that life, what's comfortable and, uh, they're, they're too scared to kind of break out of that, you know? It's tough, man. It's tough. It is. What, um, when, cause you kind of like, it, it kind of sounds like you kind of, like you said, you kind of rebuilt everything. You hit refresh on everything. Yeah. Um, how did that kind of impact you in, in, uh, I guess, how did it impact you? Well, I started focusing a lot more on like personal development because at that point, like I said, I was just not focused on me. I was almost living for what others expected of me. So I kind of started watching more podcasts and trying to like wrap my head around the experience and be like, if I didn't learn anything from this, then who am I? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I started watching podcasts, uh, started digging really deep into books about like life and death and universal consciousness and just, you know, becoming a better human. So I was like, that's kind of my, my thing now is I focus a lot on personal development ever since then. And I live my life completely different ever since then. Cause it's like, you know, I, to this day, I don't know if it's going to come back or if it comes back again. And I actually don't wake up this time, you know, so it just gave me a whole new light. And, um, yeah, I'm just happy for a second chance at making things right, you know, and growing as a person. No kidding, man. No kidding. Were you always into like self development and self care and stuff like that? Because I feel like if something like that were to happen to like most people, like myself included, like, I could see it being pretty easy to, to have that be like a mental limitation for you. Like, I just think it's, it's kind of like crazy almost that you view it. Like you were like, Hey, this is just the universe waking me up. You know, like that's such a, that's such a positive, like constructive. hundred percent, man. But it took me some time to realize that too. Right. At first I was just like, Oh my God, like I just died. And that's when I kind of did some spontaneous changes in my life. Um, cause I was like, I don't, I don't know what my next day is tomorrow. So I was like, all right, drop my job, drop this, drop that, change this, change that. And I was kind of living that whole like YOLO life in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. but I was still being smart. Like, but I was just like, okay, if any, if I die, do, am I happy doing what I'm doing? You know? So that's why I kind of changed everything. Um, but then again, I was like, okay, this was a sign from the universe. Like clearly I wasn't on the right path and it was my awakening. So it took That's me probably huge. about a year to realize that <laughs> that first year was just like living in, uh, I don't know, living in my own little bubble in, in a sense. Cause it's like, I was living in a, on a high, I was on a high from my competition and just like, you know, I was 24. So I'm like, okay, come on, you know, I'm living like I'm 38, but I'm 24, you know, like what, what is it? What should a 24 year old guy be doing? And I was like kind of doing all that fun stuff too. But, but yeah, <laughs> That's sweet, man. Anyways. So what was, what was like the first thing to be adjusted? Was it like kind of, you said you were like changing what you eat, changing how much you slept, changing your exercise. Like what was yeah, kind of like the first few things you wanted to make adjustments to? Uh, one of the first things was the relationship. I, I was like, you know, I just realized I wasn't happy in my relationship. So I was like, okay, that's something I got to do for myself. So I ended that one. And then, um, I think within a couple of days after that, I was like, okay, sorry, Steve Nash, like you're, you're working me to the bone. And I was doing like, like I said, I was like doing like nine clients a day, six days a week. And I was just getting tired, man. I was like, I don't have any time for myself to do the things that I want to do. I'm just working to work. And I was living off like 
pennies, man. Like I was not making much money. Um, a lot of debt. And uh, I remember just one night I was, what did I have? I had like a, a can of tuna and a protein shake. And uh, this is when I was working at Nash right before this actually happened to me uh, with my heart incident. So I was like, what is, what is this? You know what I mean? Like I'm so poor right now that I can barely afford to have a protein shake and a can of tuna for, for dinner. Like this is sad, you know? And then obviously within a week, that's when my heart kicked it. So um, yeah, then I was like, okay, well now I got to start eating better too. Cause clearly I wasn't eating good. So I started focusing more on my health and then I took my fitness to the next level. And I just kind of kept going off that high of uh, my competition and being like, okay, let's keep continually improving my body, at least physically. Um, and then the whole mental aspect kind of kicked in that boat a year later. So, but then ever since then, I've been focusing a lot on personal growth, personal development, and then, you know, having a message I can share to my clients and like having a story like this, you know, something that can motivate them because everybody has a story. 100% man and that's kind of like that's literally the point of doing this whole thing when you uh when you started like kind of you, you said like after about a year you started taking care of like the mental thing you saw the mental growth take off like were there things that you started to do that you could see like okay this is helping me directly with this say like reading or journaling um, or meditating or stretching yeah I mean honestly I was just watching podcasts because I was just trying to make make um everything make sense all like my experience i'm like how can i make this i don't understand it i didn't understand why it happened or you know the whole um uh spiritual aspect of it so i was like okay what was this for so i just watched a lot of like jordan peterson and a lot of like aubrey marcus joe rogan and stuff like that and people who have more of a spiritual side to them and um and then i actually really got deep into like psychedelics so i was like hmm maybe psychedelics are the way to you know, because I've almost come to terms with death ever since that happened. So I'm not afraid to die. But I was like, there's got to be more to it. You know, like what I experienced, the whole um, peacefulness of dying and like um, being born, like, sorry, um, being splashed with water and waking up. And like, there's some spiritual aspect that I've been missing my whole life up until this moment. So I just dug really deep into like very spiritual um, books and just podcasts to try and make light of the situation. And, uh, yeah, even to this day, I still don't understand it completely and I'm still learning, but definitely, uh, taken a whole spiritual turn since, since this happened to me. So that's sick, man. That's really, really cool. I, uh, I, I've read Jordan Peterson's book, 12 rules for life. Yeah. 12 rules for life, man. That's the best. Yeah. And I've listened to a lot of, uh, I've actually listened to, I think it was both that he was on there two times with Joe. Yeah. Yeah. He was on there twice with Joe. That's right. Yeah. I listened both times. And yeah, he, you know, on the note of religion as well, I'm not a religious person, but he makes a lot of like religious stories make sense to the layman, like make sense to people that, you know, maybe don't really see the correlation between that and, and different values. So I think he's a pretty powerful person, man. I think oh, he's, man. He's, he's definitely like the goat, like he is way beyond his time. Like uh, whenever I listen to him, it's just like, I feel like a complete, idiots <laughs> you know i'm like i think i'm somewhat smart in a sense but no not when i hear jordan peterson i'm like okay i got a lot to learn so smart in different nice. ways man smart in different yeah, ways smart in different ways exactly and my my whole niche has been um like i said my physical fitness and that's what i've been doing since i was a kid and it's what i know it's what i've been studying it's what's got me this far and i love doing it you know i love teaching people about the human body and what it's capable of doing you know no kidding, man. That's uh, that's 
that's awesome message man it reminds me a lot of like uh, almost like david goggins style message like yeah pushing the the body to its limits and seeing what it's capable of yeah what's the 40 40 percent rule david goggins yeah we we only push ourselves 40 percent of our maximum potential yeah he is and then that that, that inner bitch voice comes out is like okay you can stop now and that's only at 40 percent yeah yeah well that's what i mean right like it's it's crazy when you'll get a signal from your body that's telling you, you know, like this is, you know, painful and it's risky to do. So you should probably stop it. And then have being like able to have the mental fortitude to push past that and be like, no, we're going to just do it. You know, like we're just going to do it. (laughs) Takes a different kind of person, honestly. Yeah. But everyone is like everyone. I feel like everyone's powerful enough to do it in some sort of way because there's things that, you know, I can make myself do physically. And then when it comes down to, you know, different tasks that involve like mental fortitude or just like sitting down and, you know, being organized and paying attention to something for a long period of time, like I feel weak in those moments. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Like I feel like everyone's got like their own area where it's easy to push past pain. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. you need the right mode like you need to be in the right like uh i guess area of your life like uh with like exercise and stuff like that it's obvious that you you're really good at pushing yourself past that pain threshold and that's kind of what builds a a big strong aesthetic physique is being able to push past that better than someone else who couldn't yeah well what i what i believe is we have a daily allotted amount of willpower each day and this your willpower goes towards whatever you actually want to use it on, right? It's like your daily energy. So, so to speak, if you, if you waste time on like giving concern to things that actually don't matter, then you're taking that away from other aspects of your life. So it's like, you know, we have that certain daily allotted willpower. How are you going to use it? How are you going to, where are you going to divide that into, you know? Yeah. So So like maybe eating like, like like uh, like your first healthy meal when you make that decision you're like oh okay I'm not gonna have you know sugary cereal for breakfast I'm gonna have you know a little bit of veggies maybe some eggs stuff yeah like that. there's That's nothing wrong like- with cereal though nothing wrong with cereal I like my cereal <laughs> yeah well I I, I just think uh, yeah no there isn't nothing wrong with cereal to be honest some yeah, of them are a little bit sugary but I mean uh, you just gotta time it properly do it like pre or post workout utilize those carbohydrates you know. Yeah, I I was going to say, I can't really say anything bad about it because everyone has their own little things. Like, I'm not a big cereal guy, but if you put a box of Oreos in front of me, I will munch the whole thing, man. (laughs) So, I'm like, like, yeah, cereal is too sugary, and then I can eat 17 Oreos stacked together. It's like, okay, let's relax, right? Yeah, yeah. I've never been a big Oreo guy. I don't know why. I'm just... I mean, lizards, that's a different story. But just eating Oreos, they're too dry. I don't know. Dude, you can dunk them. They're versatile. Yeah, okay, that's true. <laughs> They're versatile. The warm milk. <laughs> yeah, do whatever you want. Warm milk, cold milk, coffee yeah. if you wanted. But I wouldn't, but you could. What, like, what, um, because it sounds like your mind is completely shifted from the first story you told me when you kind of were, uh, you know, you got jumped and you're kind of like looking around and you're kind of, you know, really cautious and kind of concerned, anxious, it sounded like. 
Mm-hmm. And then to the second story you told me, like you died and then you're just like, yeah, this is my awakening, man. Like this is my rebirth. Like what do you think like was the mental difference between the two Cody's, I guess, is like the best way to say it? Well, I think a, a big part of it is just maturity, right? Like as we grow, like you almost look at yourself, say two years ago, you're like, oh my God, I don't even recognize that person. You know, like in two years time, you're almost like, depends on what you're doing, right? What you're filling your time with. Like if you're doing things like we're doing and trying to focus on bettering yourself and reading books and things like that, then of course, in two years time, it's almost like you're dealing with a completely different version of yourself and progression as a human. That's what makes us feel alive, right? If you're not progressing, you're dying. Like it's plain and simple. So we need to see some sort of progression in any sense. So whether it's okay, at least I'm trying a little bit harder to eat clean or I'm trying a little bit more on my fitness rather than just like stagnation. Stagnation is death in my eyes. So yeah, and um, you know death, man, better than yeah. I <laughs> It's true. But uh, I don't know, man. I just, like I said, I've just been focusing a lot on seeing uh, some sort of positive image and positive uh, takeaway from everything. Like, you know, everything that happens to us, it's, what, is, what do they say? It's 90% of what happens. Sorry, 90% of no how does it go 10 percent of life is what 10%. happens to you 90 percent is how you react to it that's yeah it. yeah okay sorry i was messed up there um but yeah you know like really like take that message and how can you turn a negative into a positive you know but i mean me being jumped as a young kid it scared me it scared the shit out of me and um it changed me i was like i never want to feel weak like that again so that kind of grew my love for the gym and like took me to that next level. Cause I'm like, you know what, now I'm not just training to look good for girls. I'm training because I'm afraid, you know, <laughs> I want to be strong. I want to be that protector for my friends. If, if, if the time call time calls for it. So yeah, just my whole shift has changed. And I can tell you to this day, ever since then, I have not been picked on or <laughs> lost a fight. I haven't fought many times, but I haven't lost since then. So right, it right. definitely sparked a light inside of me and you know, I feel good ever since then. That's good, man. That's sick. Yeah. So with, with your business as well, like how did kind of, how did you go about like going private, going by yourself, going independent? Like, cause working at the commercial gym, working at Nash, they taught you a lot about like, you know, how to sell your service, how to manage yourself, but they don't really teach you like how to manage like a full on business. Like how did you go about learning that? Uh, man, trial and error, to be honest, but it, I did take a lot of good things from Nash. I'm not going to lie. They taught me how to, how to sell, how to talk to people, how to build rapport, things like that. So there was a lot of good takeaways from it. I just had to convert it into my own style because I wasn't a, I knew it. I'm like, they're t- making me be a sales shark. And like, I'm not a sales shark. Like I'll tell someone my service and what I can provide for them and be like, Hey, you know what? I can help you if you trust me enough to, to let me do it. You know, and if they don't take the bite, then they don't take the bite. But I'm like, that's not me to force someone into a sale. So I try to not come across as pushy. And it's like, you know what? People know, obviously, that I'm a trainer. and People know of my work. So if you know of my work and you trust me and you see that I can be a person that you can work with, then so be it. But I'm not a person that's going to, you know, rush people and approach people and and put myself out there too much. And maybe that's me just being stubborn, but... (laughs) I know to be a good salesman, you got to be a little bit on your toes too, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's the, well, there's always like the pride aspect of like, you want people to come to you. You don't want to be looking like the guy that's just, you know, giving everything for free. Yeah. You also, 
but you also can't just sit around and wait for money to just fall into your lap either, right? Like uh, you, you kind of have to have a little it's bit. A, of it's a fine balance, right? It's a fine balance between the two. But um, yeah, I just kind of learned everything trial and error, to be honest. It was, I'm still not where I want to be, for sure. I'm not where I want to be. And COVID has made it a lot harder. So I feel like after this, it's going to be more of a luxury for people to train, you know? I think people are almost going to see this as like, okay, I'm just starting out in the gym again, you know? So most of the time when someone just starts out in the gym again, it's like, I want to try things on my own for a bit. And then eventually I'll get a trainer, you know? So I don't know yeah. how personal training is ever going to be the same after this. Um, but we'll just kind of go with the flow. Yeah. I think it's kind of crazy that, um, you know, like you and I are obviously really big fans of weight training, but there's tons of different ways of exercise, but it's crazy how there's, you know, no facilities or no, real means to exercise and, and, you know, get the benefits for your immune system during a time like this. Like I get, you can't, you know, if you want to be socially, social distancing, you can't have like, you know, a hundred guys working out in the same gym, but there's like literally no means of it right now. Yeah. There's, yeah. And that's like that's, a key element of, of like, you know, your immune system and your health is oh, exercising. For right? sure. Yeah, man. Exercise is huge, but I mean, obviously staying inside and drinking your lemon water, taking your vitamins, that's, that's still going to help you in a sense too, right? That's going to boost your immune system. But yeah, exercise. And for me, it's more so that hour a day where I get to feel alive, you know, and like push my body and feel that. So for me, I realized that I need fitness almost as bad as anything else in my life. And then that one hour a day, like without it, when I was at home and you know, you're sitting all day and then you catch yourself playing call of duty for like, six hours at a time and i'm like oh my god like you know am i really even alive so those moments when you can actually go away go to the gym burn off feel great get your heart rate up um it's it's so mentally relieving in every sense of like uh your daily just daily life yeah 100 percent. it's not just you man like everyone needs it like it's just yeah. a fact like you, everyone needs to exercise to have like good health or even moderate health yeah. And an immune system, right? It's, it's, uh, I think it's been tough for everyone to stay exercising. Have you been working out this whole time since uh, COVID started? Yeah. I mean, I, the pressure's kind of on me too to be <laughs> keeping up with something. I haven't been posting too much on social media in the sense of like a lot of these trainers are like, oh, here's my body weight this, body weight that. I'm like, I've been doing it, but kind of like in the shadows in a sense. I've been doing like my push-ups. I've been doing my pull-ups. I go to the park and do my lunges and running and stuff like that. But, it's, you know, body weight only goes so far, right? So it's like I was getting pretty bored of these body weight training. And I had some resistance bands, but that's about it. Like I wasn't working out too much. I had access to my studio, but only a few times um, because we just ended up shutting it down because we're like, you know what? Like no one should be here, even people working out like uh, the own, our own trainers um just for safety and things like that we don't want people touching stuff so we just sealed the doors and then yeah i didn't really work out too much maybe a couple real good workouts in that two month period but i actually um what was it i was in brazil for the month before so as soon as i got back that's when COVID hit so literally like within a week of coming back from brazil which i worked out once or twice um I come back and they're like, yep, gyms are shut down. COVID hits, stay inside. I'm like, oh my God, awesome. So <laughs> it was like a three month period actually for me where I was just like, all right, what is, what is weight training anymore? You know? Yeah. No kidding, man. I haven't really lifted anything. I have like really light dumbbells and resistance bands, but I've been sticking to body weight stuff as well, man. Yeah. 
Are you uh, going back in June 1st? Yeah, I, you know what? I just I don't know which gym I'm going to because um, there's not really any, like, big chain gyms in my neighborhood. I kind of live in, like, a suburb of Richmond. Yep. So there's nothing really, like, here. We have, like, a community center. And, I mean, there's, like, an Anytime Fitness. But <laughs> Anytime just, Fitness like, is good. Yeah, I just uh, – the one in this, I don't know. I haven't been there for a couple of years. I can't really say anything bad about this mm-hmm. one, but I, I just remember a feeling limited there. It didn't have as much as my my Nash gym, so I, I uh, didn't want to switch. So I'm yeah. kind of uh, I'm kind of just scoping out different places. I think I'm gonna be doing seven day trials at a couple of different gyms till I find a new home. And I need I like places that you know you have multiple locations. That's kind of a nice thing for me because I'm always all over Vancouver, man. Yeah, that's good, man. That's awesome. It's, I'm glad for you. You'll find a home. <laughs> yeah, man. I got to find a new home now. It's nuts. Yeah. It's crazy because I I, uh, I was going to that gym since I was like 16, like 15, 16. Oh, my God. So wow. it's like, man, now I have to find Your a Your whole new world is turned, up, turned upside down. Yeah, a new environment, yeah. man. It's going to be nuts. Maybe I'll just come and lift at the studio with you, man. You can train me up and I'll get... That would be sweet, man. I'll definitely take you on it. I'm always happy to work with motivated people. I, that's like, honestly, the biggest part, the, the funnest part of the job is working with someone who actually wants to change themselves, right? Rather than someone who's like, oh, my wife says I need to lose 10 pounds. You know, those kind of people, they don't push themselves and it's like, they kind of drag their ass in the gym and you can just tell they don't want to be there. But when you work with someone who's really motivated, like, Hey man, I'm coming to you and I need you, you know, help me. Like, and they can, you can dig deep and find out why rather than just like, you know, the extrinsic motivators where it's like, Oh, I want to look better for the beach coming up when I go to the beach in in a month. It's like, okay, that's only going to take you so far. Right. But when someone comes to you like, Hey man, like my doctor said, like, if I don't work out for, uh, or drop 20 pounds, then I'm going to die. It's like, dude, let's do this. Let's go. Like, I don't know. I just love working with people who are actually motivated to make that change and uh, completely just revamp their whole life. Yeah, no kidding. Are you finding it harder to impact people as deeply uh, online as you do in person? Oh, 100%, man. I'm, I'm, I'm lazy when it comes to Instagram. Like, I'll post stuff of me, like, just outside doing stuff. And, but I'm not, like, really, really marketing myself to its fullest potential. And that's, it's maybe just a downfall on my own end. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to start pumping up my online again. Cause, uh, yeah, you know, it just goes through phases. People all of a sudden want to like, Hey, yeah, I want an online training and then they last a month and then they disappear. You know, it's like, it's kind of demotivating in a sense when you deal with people like that. And then it's not, I like the whole personal aspect where you can actually see someone, see their emotion, talk to them. Um, rather than just being like, here you go, there's your training program or there's your meal plan. Like, We'll, we'll do some pictures and follow up in a week, like stuff like that. So I, I, I like the personal personal training rather than just training, if that makes sense. hundred percent, man. I think, uh, I think it's a lot more natural to just like communicate and be with people in person. Like even this video, either, like all the videos that I've made so far in with uh, this kind of like format, I mean, they're good. In my eyes, I kind of like it. I think it's a cool concept, but if we were to be able to meet up in person, all the time and just kind of sit down and chat like even being able to open up to like multiple people at once because even with two people it's tough to get the audio sometimes man so oh yeah i think think everybody 
I think everybody is just wanting to be able to be in person all the time. But I think um, to what you were saying earlier with the gym, the studio closing up, I think that even if you, even, even if you cover the base of, you know, cleaning all of your equipment and everything after people have touched it, I yep. think there's a, there's almost like a social stigma against doing anything right now. Like, I think you'd be toast as a business if you started to have like your trainers work out by themselves, even in the gym, people would be posting pictures of them through the windows on Instagram. Exactly. Yeah. Downtown Vancouver, hundred percent. People would be sitting there in their condo, just like taking photos. Oh, these people are working out and I don't know, people are getting a, a little bit crazy during this time. You know, I, I don't know if you've experienced it, but people are definitely more on edge. I would say like, even at the grocery store, people are like, look at you, give you a bad look. If you get within six, six feet and it's like, Hey man, there's no other way around you. Like, <laughs> I don't know what else to do. I'm not going to walk around the whole place just to, to avoid you. And then you give, they give you a bad look or say something. And it's like, I'm trying my best. Yeah. Or but, just like, I, I don't know. I've noticed it's pretty polarizing. Like it's kind of like half and half because I've seen people that, you know, you, you see them on the street and they're smiling, they're waving, they're happy. They're like, Oh, whatever it is, what it is. And then you see some people and they want you to make eye contact with people. You're like, dude, you don't, yeah. you don't get the virus from like looking at someone and smiling. <laughs> yeah. Be still be a good person. Like we're you can be friendly, right? Yeah. We're all dealing with this, you know, it's a collective consciousness. Like everybody's affected whether they want to admit it or not, you know, hundred percent, hundred percent with, um, with the business as well. So you work, you're working in a studio. You're just doing everything by yourself. Like K1 Fitness is just you or do you? Yeah, do it's, it's, yeah it's my own separate thing. So I run my own business out of the studio. Um, it's not like where some trainers you are like a Nash where like you're like, okay, you work at our gym. So you're a Steve Nash trainer. It's like, mm -hmm. no, I'm, I run my own business out of there. Um, and I share it with two other guys. So it's pretty private. Uh, most of the time it's just me and my own clients, which is awesome. Like I can blast the music and put on some gangster rap or whatever they want to get motivated. Uh, so swearing's allowed. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super awesome. It's, it's really cool. I really like it. So it's been, uh, it's been awesome for my personal growth and just, again, I, I love helping people. So when I can see someone come to me and watch them change and they're come to me and like, Oh my God, my, my girlfriend said, my, my abs are looking way better. Or she's like, Oh my God, my husband likes my butt now he, see, he starts grabbing my butt all the time it's like okay that's a good feeling for me because it's like you know that's what it's all about yeah you're helping people on a deeper level right yeah like it's exactly. not just oh i want to add like an inch to my arms it's like you know i want to feel good i want my partner to think that i'm attractive again i want or even more attracted to me whatever it is right like it's it's, it's yeah. helping people deeper man it's helping people yeah exactly deeper. but everybody will come to you at first and just tell you okay I need your help for this reason. And it's very superficial. Like, Oh yeah, I want an inch of my arms, but you just get to know them really well. And you dig deeper, dig deeper, dig deeper. What's your why? What's your why? What's your why? And you just keep repeating it. And eventually they're like, okay, it's because, um, my ex-girlfriend left me because I had small arms that she told me I had small arms. It's like, okay, that's why you want an inch on your arms, you know? And now you get that, uh, emotional connection, you know, which mm -hmm. is really important. And once you get that emotional connection and you find, the intrinsic motivators in their life, why they're doing the things they do. It's a different ballgame completely. As a trainer, like you, you tend to motivate a lot of people, obviously that's kind of the business you're in. Have you had like clients that, you know, motivated you or made you improve in any way? Oh, hundred percent, man. There's been a couple people for sure that I've worked with. Um, and it's just watching them 
every single time they come with me and give their 100% effort, it makes me sometimes even reconsider how hard I'm working. I'm like, okay, if she's here and she's busting her ass like this and I'm seeing her food logs every night and she's sending me, you know, this is what I ate today. I'm like, holy shit, like you really take this seriously. And then it, it wakes me up for sure. Like I'm definitely like, okay, I could work a little harder, you know, and, or, or I feel bad about having that, that IPA at nighttime or something like that. It's like, okay, should I really, do I really need a beer right now? Or is that just like, you know, I, it's yeah. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. I think it's about balance, but I, I think, um, I think that's awesome, man. That's sick that you can actually draw motivation from the people that you're working with as well. That's work yeah. ethic for sure. Yeah. Which, uh, like, cause, cause running your own business, man, that's a lot of effort. Like, it's not like you can just work 40 hour weeks. Like that's, there's no, no chance you're going to survive, especially just starting off. Right. Like you're, yeah, there, there's no light switch. That's, that's, that's what I tell people is there's no light switch. So it's always on, like you're always on, you're always you're a walking uh, resume in a sense, you know, it's like when people start to know you, it's like, okay, you're representing a business. You're not just representing yourself anymore. So I have to carry myself a little bit differently. Um, but yeah, man, like I said, it's, it's been so awesome. I honestly don't think I could work for someone again or like, I don't know. I like having that freedom. Yeah. What's been like, I guess like freedom, you probably just said it, but what's been like the biggest benefit of doing it by yourself? just like I said, having that freedom is for me, the biggest thing is not being tied to an office or tied 40 hours a week. It's like, all right, if one week I want to work 20 hours, I'm just going to work 20 hours and then go away on the weekend and go camping or something like that. Cause for me, it's, it's such a fine balance between work and play. Like I need, um, I need my outlets, you know, and that's really important to me. I need to have that hour a day to go work out or, uh, go see my family, things like that. Like that's super important for me. So if I'm just stuck working every day, then it's almost like I'm on autopilot and I lose myself in a sense. So freedom is the biggest thing for sure. That's crazy that you say that actually, because when I find myself like, you know, I, I'm still working a job while I'm doing, you know, my stuff. And that's one of the most difficult things is when you are working like a day job or a night job or both, then it's so easy to just kind of like forget about doing anything else. You just kind of think you're like, Oh, I have to go to work. And then yeah. I have to do all these things at work. You kind of like your brain shuts off to what you're usually working on. And then once you get off, you're just kind of like tired. And then you get home and you're like, Oh, I have to, you know, do a little bit of paperwork now, or maybe some research and try and learn different things. Like, it's uh it's tough man it's it's yeah. really tough so i think uh i think you're right man i think having a job like that it's uh it can be a difficulty for sure yeah well like 70 i'm pretty sure 70 percent of our daily energy is used on our job so what do you have that 30 percent for so you finish work excuse me and um you have 30 percent of your energy left for the day it's like all right am i going to want to try and learn a new language am i going to want to obviously um do something awesome for my lover or like usually you're like, okay, I got 30% left in me. Like maybe that 20% will be for a workout and then you get 10% left over. You know what I mean? So what are you gonna do with that 10%? Most of the time it's like, I'm just going to sit, watch TV or hang out. And that's what people end up doing. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, there's a lot of things. I don't know how to word this. There's a lot of things that, you know, can seem beneficial at face value, like at, at like the first glance, but then, you know, if you spend say like your, your extra 10% or your leftover 10% on them all the time. I yep. don't know if it's going to be a huge benefit, right? Like you could be, you know, I guess like reading books is something you can't spend too much time on, but 
I don't know. I feel like there's certain things where you're know, say like hanging out with your friends and just sit, sitting around talking. Like that's something that's really good. But if you spend your last 10% on that every single day, like how are any of you going to get anything done other than talk? Right? Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah, man. It's all balanced. Like life is just one big balancing act. That's what I believe. Like you got to find that happy medium where you're working, you're making good money, but you're doing things that fulfill you and make you happy as a person. Right. And like, again, that's to each person that's personalized, right? You know, what makes you happy. You know, you need that bike ride every morning. You know the mm-hmm. things that uh, optimize you in a sense. So, yeah, keeps your brain sharp, man. Keeps your brain sharp. That's a oh, geez, I'm getting attacked by flies out here. <laughs> you got those I've murder been hornets. I've been attacked by flies the whole time. No hornets, you got, but you got murder hornets. No murder hornets, but uh, lots of birds and a lot of flies around here, and I've just been sweating. So, due to the birds, if they were like there was a little bit of audio from the birds, but it kind of just made a nice little background as you were speaking. <laughs> That's majestic. Man. They actually, majestic. once they started talking more and more, they just started getting more quiet. So I don't know if they're just kind of giving us the uh, microphone for a bit, but they think that you're doing the calls now. They're like, oh, there's a, there's a big alpha right here. <laughs> yeah, I got my bird feeder right in front of me too. So I, I, I draw them to my place. I, I like them a lot. Yeah, dude. Nature's awesome, man. I was literally yeah. driving with one of my buddies yesterday. I'm probably going to get in trouble now. I shouldn't say that. We were social distancing. I have i understand I yeah know. you told me before i drive a like one of those british buses that has like a separate room so I, I was driving with my buddy yesterday and i saw a stray cat on the ground and i wanted to stop and pet he's like what are you doing i'm like dude i love i love animals man like yeah i don't know maybe that's a weird thing to say but <laughs> no man I'm, I'm like that too it's weird i'm super into animals i love anything that's actually what I use probably another 10% of my daily energy on is like either studying some animal or watching Instagram pages with like animals. It's like, I don't know, man, there's humans as, um, as smart as we are and as, as advanced as we are, if you think about it, like all of our decision-making and like impulses are all animalistic and primal. Right. So hmm. I, I really relate to a lot of animals. I'm like, okay, he's just the king of the jungle and he's just trying to get some girls and eat some good food. I'm like, some days that's like me too, you know? <laughs> yeah. hundred percent, man. Yeah. What's uh? So after, you know, we're starting to lift restrictions where we are, right. We're in British Columbia, we're in Vancouver. There's, they're, they're starting to lift restrictions for us. And you kind of said as well, like your business isn't quite where it want, where you want it to be. What's kind of be like the next step after, you know, some more restrictions get lifted and you're able to just start training people all the time. Like what's going to be the next step for you? Well, just kind of rebranding again, you know, just getting myself back out there, uh, marketing more. Um, it's basically it, man. Just try and re, re, uh, remarket myself and start pushing, pushing again and see, you know, like the really serious ones, they'll come to you. Right. And I'm just not going to try and waste all my energy on a bunch of different people, but you know, just reach out to the ones that are serious, you know, anyone who's like, Hey, I really need help. And that's all I can do. Right. Just try and uh, take another step forward. That's about it. Yeah. Well, I think that um, I've got a pretty optimistic view, even though I'm not a personal trainer. I've got a pretty optimistic view in terms of what business is going to be like for you guys. And, you know, maybe not right away, but, you know, after all this is you know, said and done, people are saying that this is going to be the new normal. I think at some point we're going to shift back to more of a normal stage and people are going to start valuing fitness and, and these types of things like socializing, especially a lot more. 
And I think yeah. it's going to be to the fact or, or to the point where, you know, with this rise of COVID, there's been a lot of people using like electronic or online trainers, you know, apps and stuff like that. And I think that there is something to just being in like in person and actually having like, you know, I think you can have more of a genuine connection. I think people are going to value having a personal trainer even more. That's kind yeah. of the way I view it. Yeah, for sure. And like, I know the gyms are going to be like a zoo for sure, because it's more of like the social aspect too, right? Like people, people, where else do you meet people? Okay. So if, you, if you're not a person who goes to clubs or parties or drinks a lot, where else are you going to meet people? Or at least someone who has similar interests to you. It's usually at the gym, right? It's a big, uh, big spot. So the so whole social aspect is going to be huge. I think people are going to be talking a lot more than normal um, once they get back into the gym. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know where I was going with that. But anyways. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think the gyms are going to be busier. I think trainers are probably going to be busier even because of that, like that alone. Yes. Right? I think that, yeah, gyms are going to be busy, dude, because there's a lot of people that are, you know, feeling like I'm feeling for sure, where I used to feel like I had a lot more muscle on my body. Now I'm getting a lot leaner because I'm doing cardio, but I'm like, man, I don't feel like I look big anymore. I don't feel as strong anymore. I think really? there's going to be a lot of people that are, are, are pretty eager to jump under some weights again. Yeah. Well, I saw your post from what was that? I think it was in the end of March or something like that. And you were looking beach ready for sure. So I'm like, if you maintain that, you're good to go, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah. Like, um, well, my training just changed. Like I was doing more like typical bodybuilding stuff, you know, like doing splits, doing a chest day or a push day yep. or a full day, whatever it was. And now it's just, you know, kind of really repetitive and full body workouts, like just body weight workouts. And yeah. Do you normally, um, how do you separate your workouts? Like during COVID, were you doing like a chest day? Or would you do like a back day or would you just kind of like do a full body burn like every single time? Every, yeah, full body burn every time. Really? So you I, grab dumbbells and do whatever you can? Dumbbells I used very rarely because the dumbbells I have suck and I only, they only go up to 10. So I pretty oh, much okay. just do accessory stuff with them, like just some shoulder raises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like a little thing. <laughs> what else can you use 10 pounds for? Yeah, there's not much. There's really not much. So maybe some rear delt raises if you want to do 700 of them, but... Yeah. Like uh I've I've been doing a lot of pull-ups. Like I you probably can't see it, but my hands oh, are kind yeah, of just like you actually can. Holy peeling, shit. Like peeling apart right now because I've been doing pull-ups in the park by my house. They and by the way, they said in the newspaper that it doesn't stay on surfaces for very long anymore. But yeah, I've been doing pull-ups in, in the park <laughs> by my house. I'm sure you were sanitizing before too, right? Well, and every single time I did a pull-up actually, but I uh yeah, I would do uh, pull-ups, push-ups, and uh, like crunches, and then run to the other end of the soccer field. So 100-meter sprint, jog, yeah. walk near the end of it, and then just keep repeating that until I was nice. dead. Yeah, that's solid, man. That'll keep you in shape for sure. Yeah, it, it kind of uh, – it's definitely – like they're compound exercises. So obviously it targets like, you know, your chest mainly, your shoulders mainly, your yeah. lats mainly – so those get fried pretty easily. Like there's days where I got to take it easier on the pull-ups or easier on the push-ups because you'll yeah. fry your shoulders pretty fast doing that every day. You'd be surprised though, even with pull-ups. Like I noticed when I was doing more and more pull-ups, obviously because I have a park close by too, 
I'd like wake up the next day. I'm like, Oh my God, my biceps are sore. And I wouldn't even get sore biceps from doing just like a, a staple arm workout sometimes, you know, back in the gym. I'm like, my biceps are sore just from doing pull-ups. So what does that go to tell you? How good of an exercise is pull-ups? You know, you're getting your shoulders, you're getting your back and you're getting your biceps. So it's like, you know, going back to the basics is almost uh, better in a sense. Dude, I actually 100% agree because I've always struggled with growing my triceps. Always, always, always. Every like push exercise I do, my shoulders always overpower my triceps. Okay, or my yeah. chest or whatever it is. I've always felt like I had small triceps. And the only time that I felt like I've gained like not just size, but definition and strength yeah. is just from all the push-ups I've been doing. Wow. Like I swear, it's like I I've just been thinking about it like a lot more as like a, a tricep exercise. And yeah, like, like you said, man, my triceps get fried and my chest. That's my muscle connection, right? Yeah. Do you ever do um uh like diamond push-ups or is it just like what kind of push-ups are you doing? Just just pretty like up? conventional, yeah, like pretty conventional, yeah. like probably shoulder width apart and elbows like a little bit out and just okay. bang them out, man. Really? And your triceps are getting that's awesome. That's that's really I just cool. yeah, I don't know. I just think about my triceps the whole time. And I find muscle connection, right? It's nuts, dude. I've done a hundred like probably a hundred sets of way more than that now that I think about it, but copious amounts of sets of tricep yeah. extensions, you know, like pulling it down, pulling it up, <laughs> pulling it with a dumbbell, using a cable and you know, nothing ever hit me like just doing a ton of push-ups every day. I, th I think it's just from repetitiveness too. Yeah. But, Very cool. uh, insane, man. So when you're doing, um, all of this after COVID, what's uh, what's going to be like the main, the main dream? Is that is that going to be building the business? Is that going to be you know kind of maybe everyone's planning on doing some traveling of some sort? Do you have like yeah. a, a main thing that's exciting you? Uh just building my business back up and almost and just kind of picking up where I left off to be honest, and just getting myself back into the gym, feeling physically great in that sense. Um, but yeah, honestly, I didn't really put too much thought into what I want to do. Of course, when the borders open, I want to do some traveling. Uh, I always just love to go away for a bit. And that's one of the perks of actually being a personal trainer running my own business. I can disappear sometimes and my clients are pretty understanding. I'm not tied to an office, like I said. So that's pretty cool. So I definitely want to start traveling. Um, yeah, I get my business back rolling again and then look to the future. I don't, I don't know. I always uh, I like to keep my, my time frame very short. So I know a lot of people, they focus, okay, in one year's time, I need to get this done. For me, I usually try and think about like a monthly. I, I try and shorten my span of control. And it, it gives me less anxiety in that sense too. And I've heard that from a lot of people. Like, you know what? Control the day. Control the mo moment. Control the week. Like, focus on what you have in the present moment rather than obviously living in the future. So um, as long as I'm, again, progressing, doing one thing a day that I feel like is moving me forward or even multiple things a day, then I'm always going to be happy, right? That's beautiful, man. I actually, I like that a lot because I definitely have long-term goals, but I've been setting myself like monthly goals all the time the past few months. And uh, it definitely helps keep me focused. I find that like my days are easier to remember because I'll set like certain, certain time frames for myself. Say like by Wednesday, I have to do this. I find yeah. it makes me more present on Monday and Tuesday thinking about, you know, by Wednesday I have to be doing, I have to be done this. 
So oh, yeah. when am I going to schedule out my time? You know, it makes me a lot more present, I find. Yeah, that's, that's good, man. That's really good. Because they say, what is it? Um, living in the, in the past is a, or no. Oh, how does it go? I keep butchering these quotes, but they just keep coming to me. Uh, living in the future is anxiety. Living in the past is depression. Living in the future is happiness, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah if you're living in the past, you'll be depressed. If you live in the future, you'll be anxious. And if you live in the present, you'll be happy. So I just try and live by that and just, yeah, like I said, focus on what I can control each day. And um, as long as I'm moving forward or I feel like I'm moving forward in some sense, life's good. <laughs> beautiful, man. I love that. Well, that's a beautiful way to end this segment. It's uh, we're coming up on, you know, actually we're over an hour now of recording, I think. So nice. man, that actually went by really quickly. I was going to say, I was like, I don't know. I haven't checked. Uh, oh, my watch says, yeah. Okay. It's been over an hour. Yeah. I didn't even look at the time and I was like, we were just flowing. It was awesome. That was really cool, man. Thanks for having me on. No, dude. Thank you. It's not quite over yet. There's still going to be a few more minutes because I'm going to actually just, uh, well, I guess the attention has been on you the whole time, but I'm going to shift. Yeah. I want you to focus and attention on you. No, no, I'm setting you up. You're going to go. Um, the last couple of minutes, I'm going to let you do a little shout out one more time. You tell, talk about your uh, social media again, because, you know, that's probably actually something you wanted to do anyways. And yeah. um, so talk about your social media. But one requirement for, uh, for doing this, man, is you got to give uh, you got to give the people a positive message to end it off. So, uh, once again, my personal Instagram is Cody, K-O-D-I-E dot L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N. That's pronounced Lachlan. Uh, the G-H is pronounced C-K. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, and then my uh, business page is at Team K1 Fitness. So, that was our uh, personal training page. And a positive message. Uh, my positive message for everybody is to at least do one thing every day for someone else. Because the more you give to people, the better you'll feel. Like really in the end that's all we have is like if you're being a good person to people and if you can give like you'll just feel awesome and that's really what it's about is just trying to help your fellow man so that's beautiful man i love it thank you so much thank you peace out man all right man adios